Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, proudly presented by Roast House Pub, where elevated culinary creations meet a fresh, evolving craft beer selection, making it one of Frederick's unique dining destinations. Hey everyone, I'm your host Chris Sands, and today we're talking about wine. It's been, uh, actually it's probably been over a year since I had anyone on to talk about wine. Um, but today we're joined by Jim Bachman and Jana Howell. Is it Howley? Why am I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for some reason, like I just had a complete thing. Like I've never, I, for some reason, I feel like I've never heard the last part of your name said. <laughs> I can tell. You just stopped dead. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> in my head, that doesn't sound right. Like, I think I've always just heard like anyone ever just refers to you as Jana to me. And then yeah. for, I don't know. Sorry. And I'm notorious for just butchering every name I try to say some point <laughs> some point i may become professional and try those things ahead of time first well anyway they are with um uh the maryland wine association you also recognize jim as being part of on jana is also the brewers association of maryland because they both work for grow and fortify the company that is contracted is that the right to yeah. like administer the um basically anyone who makes uh fun juice in maryland it's the official term fun juice yeah <laughs> um but also any agriculture what the official would be value added out agriculture right at least yep. I, yeah. cool at least i nailed we that part a lot of pots and and around a lot of glasses throughout the state yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so even though we're here to talk about wine Jim, maybe we should take this opportunity first to talk a little bit about beer and the glassware sale. Because I think, yeah, I think that, since we're on your podcast, that would be great. And that hasn't been talked, I may have alluded to it in past episodes, but I think it would be a good time. Why don't you give a rundown of what's happening? And if you're viewing, I will show you what Sure. So, uh, February is historically Maryland Beer Month, uh, followed by Maryland Wine Month in March. Um, so we are celebrating February right now. The Brewers Association of Maryland has some great glassware. Uh, Chris was kind enough to suggest that we try doing a glassware fundraiser and put together a couple of local artists who were willing to contribute artwork to put on these beautiful glasses. We worked with ACS, uh, Brand My Beverage, to get these glasses printed. And we will be printing these glasses to order, essentially. Um, and we'll be fulfilling all of these orders in mid-March. They are uh, going to be set up for you to pick up at your favorite local brewery. And 100% of the proceeds of this glassware goes right to the Brewers Association of Maryland. It is uh, funding that we are going to use to make up for a gap in our revenue from not being able to host any great beer events for uh, just about a year now. So we're really hoping that this is a uh, a glass or a set of glasses that you find to be attractive and interesting and want to add to your collection. And you can find them at beer me, B I E R M I.com slash store slash bam. And I think Chris may have a bit.ly link that he was going to share um, to get those. So just keep an eye out for those. We think they're pretty fun and exciting and uh, we hope that you like them. And a cool part too, is that the <laughs> both artists have done a lot of uh, label art in um maryland uh, probably outside of maryland too actually yeah definitely outside because brian's done some work for vanish 
Very much, yeah. Um, it one is Edmund Designs. He does a lot for Hysteria. He's done a lot recently for Idiom. Um, and then Brian Balds has done Vanish, um, Idiom, Old Mother, I think 10X. Way back in the day, he did some stuff for Pub Dogs, spinoff brand. He's done a lot of a lot of really great logo and label design for the beer industry. So everyone should chip in help bam out and get some awesome glassware in the process and they save some money by the two pack and they're very like i don't these may be the first tall boy glasses i've had but they're very comfortable to drink out of when we were going back and forth on the glassware i said i like the can shape because it fits my giant hand very well <laughs> <laughs> all right enough about beer let's talk about wine um so I've had a couple wineries on before, but I've never done anything specifically about the wine, um, Maryland Wine Association. So Jim and Jana, do you want to give a rundown of what that is? Sure. Um, so the Maryland Wineries Association, we have uh, more than 100 licensed winery members and probably a good... 20 in planning members um, and we're also lucky to have affiliate members who are um, businesses that support the industry overall um, and it's one of the it is the oldest um, alcohol association in the state of Maryland I think it was 1984 when it was established could be wrong um, but um, you know very well established and has done a lot to advance uh uh, laws that support um, the wineries, the wineries organizations and businesses, but also, um, you know, kind of were, created a good template for how um, the brewery reform happened to the Brewery Modernization um, Act happened. So, um, yeah, it's a great organization. And um, we recently on last Friday had our Governor's Cup wine competition, which was a lot of fun and really fantastic um, to get to taste so many of our wineries wines. Um, and you know, the quality is just spot on for so many of them. And it was just really, really fun to see the kind of creativity and innovation that our members have. Yeah. I think um, one thing it's missed what there, a lot of people will complain about the disparity in laws between breweries and what wineries can do a lot of it around shipping and things and I think what people don't think about is that the wine association has been around and at it for way longer than um, the beer industry in Maryland. So they're they just have a a decade or two uh, head start in trying to loosen up the regulations in Maryland. Well, I think that nationwide, there's also been a history of wineries operating in a way that people kind of came to assume that's how a winery operated, which was wine clubs, the ability to send wine to people. People would come to your winery, tour it, and walk away with cases of wine as, mm -hmm. as part of their consumer experience. And prior to this like revitalization of the beer industry in the country, um, that wasn't the case at breweries breweries like put everything into a package and it went out to a wholesaler and the wholesaler took it out to uh, a, a package shop or to a restaurant and that's where you had your your interaction with beer uh, and i think making making the beer world look a little bit more like wine in terms of the consumer experience the ability to go to where it's made and taste things there has driven that demand that that the 
beer industry has been looking for. Well, and it's the low lifes like you and I that drink beer. So we can't, we can't be trusted to have nice things. I've been found at several wineries too. <laughs> okay. I guess well, like me. Is, Wine comes in cans now too. So if you drop it, it's not a big deal. You know, unlike, you know, Jim's big man hands handling a glass bottle. So. <laughs> so that probably wasn't. <laughs> he just wraps them with uh, duct tape to keep them yeah. in place. <laughs> so one of the problems which we already touched on for the glassware um is that these trade organizations a lot of your funding comes from events um and i'm going to guess that wine events aren't safe from covid like uh so I, I assume there have not been any wine-related events in the past year. We have not gathered with the Maryland Wineries Association in person since March of last year. We were able to kick off Maryland Wine Month at Red Red Wine Bar in Annapolis. We had mm -hmm. First Lady Yumi Hogan join us to uh, recognize all of our previous years, so the 2019 uh, Governor's Cup winners and uh, medalists. We had a great gathering, and I think it was six days later, uh, everything started to really close down and slow down in the state. Um, all of the recommendations from the governor to uh, kind of put the brakes on how people were gathering uh, were applied, and we have not had an in-person gathering mm -hmm. since then. Now, I think the closest thing we had to an in-person gathering was uh, doing last summer's Stay Home and Wine Down, where people picked up wine, they pre-ordered wine and then they picked it up. And, um, you know, we were, we were manning the drop sites, um, the pickup sites. And, um, I think people, we were, we were ridiculously giddy to see other human beings enjoying picking up wine. And, and a lot of the people picking up wine seemed really giddy <laughs> to be seeing other wine lovers and picking up some fun wine. So, uh, yeah, that was the last time. <clears throat> Have have there been any um, loosening up of regulations as they as applied to wine, like in other industries, where they have has have wineries been allowed to do anything during COVID that they couldn't beforehand, or was there already enough of an operating environment that there didn't need to be changes? Go ahead, Jenna. Oh, they were already able to ship um, direct to consumer within the state of Maryland and, and outside the state if they have the appropriate shipping permits. But like uh, the spirits and the beer producers, they gain the ability to do um, deliveries. Um, and yeah, and they was just adding the delivery component, which a lot of our a lot of a good number of our members, I would say, did take advantage of that. Um, a lot of them did the curbside pickup. Um, but some of them are doing deliveries right to consumers, which, you know, I think has been a, a great support for them, for all of our members. Okay, and they're so doing really creative delivery stuff too. Yeah. It's not just delivery of bottles. Some of them are doing like prepackaged tasting flights and things like yeah. that that are being delivered to their, oh, their that's followers. Cool. So that's really cool. You get kind of that experience um, of going and, and tasting through things and seeing what the wine is all about from the safety of your own home and having it delivered to you uh, by somebody from the winery. So you get that last mm -hmm. chance to, 
you know, at least see the representative from the winery if it's through the window or something as you're showing them your ID and <laughs> contactless dropping it off on your porch. Yeah, I'm completely outside of that world and culture, but it seems like that those tasting flights are much more of an important aspect of wine drinking than like beer drinking. Is, is that accurate? I think there's space for it in both uh, industries for sure. It's all about figuring out where that producer, that winery or that brewery is, is applying their craft and what they're trying to express in each one of the things that they're releasing. So all those releases are going to have kind of the touch of what that, that winemaker may do. And and you'd see the same thing in the beer world, but um, yeah, but breweries, breweries have kind of, slowly and i i almost feel like flights are something that aren't going to come back after covid like breweries 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 already hated them pre-covid and some (laughs) breweries refused to do them anyway so i kind of feel like a flight of beer may be a thing of the past well, but, I hope for I hope for the sake of the consumer that's not the case because if if they were to go away in a winery, I think it would take away from the ability of going to sit down and truly just experience everything that's coming out of that winery. A majority of the wineries are growing grapes on on site, so you want to taste what the fruit tastes like. You want to taste what the the heritage of that lo, lo, location is. Well, and that's you, what it, that's what I mean, though. I think like I feel like it's it's much more ingrained in in wine. Like wineries, I don't see why they would ever stop. Like that's always been part of like a big – because, well, one, if you're walking away from a winery, you're most likely buying a semi-expensive bottle. So it it, they're they're just – I don't know. It seems very different between getting a flight of wine and a flight of beer and like not – and I mean, I've never drank a flight of wine, um, but I don't (laughs) – Wine, we gotta fix that. Dude. We gotta fix that. <laughs> wine, um, wine doesn't wreck your palate though. Like as you try different wines, does it? Um, um yeah. If you, you kind of you do it in, a, in, I hate to say the wrong order, but there definitely there is a an order that keeps your palate fresher than if you choose to ignore the order. So drinking a big gigantic tannic red wine you know, ahead of right before you drink a nice light bodied white wine, you're, you know, there's going to be some protesting going on with those, you know, those taste buds and in your palate. Um, Whereas if you do it the opposite way, you're kind of working your way from light bodied into fuller bodied. But I mean, that's the same for beer too. Yeah. Like would, would that be as bad as if you had like a West coast IPA and then went to a Pilsner? Would it have the, Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. learning something. Well, you have oh. to think you still have all of that retro nasal aromatic uh, stuff happening with That's those big, big words. Wine. So you get to you still have the smell, you still have all of it on the on the palate when you try to get those finer notes that are expressed in something a little bit less in your face, it's going to be very very easy to miss those things. Yeah. Okay, well I took us way off topic with my wrong ideas. Um, <laughs> well, so, you had the right idea. That's the best part. <laughs> um, so maybe this would are, be a perfect time. Right now, what's that? Were you drinking fruit punch? No. Oh, okay. It was um, very red. I was like, oh, Chris is enjoying fruit punch. It is red. It's not fruit punch though. Nice. Um, not gonna say. But, but maybe. Um, 
we can get myself back on track if we take a real quick sponsor break. So we'll be right back. Uncapped is brought to you by one of Frederick's original Maryland craft beer destinations located off of Urbana Pike, featuring a warm, inviting atmosphere and knowledgeable staff serving up fresh, locally sourced culinary creations and unique craft beers on tap. Open seven days a week, our friends at Roast House Pub invite you to enjoy a casual lunch, happy hour specials, delicious dinners, and specialty desserts. Follow them on social media to keep up to date on their monthly beer dinners, mom's spaghetti dinner battles, and what beer is being featured for Buck Above Monday. Idiom Brewing Company proudly offers a delicious variety of beers to satisfy the most discerning tastes. Best known for their wide array of IPAs, delicious fruited sours, and robust porters and stouts, Idiom has a simple goal in mind, to bring people from all walks of life together, to enjoy themselves and each other. Whether you're a hophead looking for explosively juicy IPAs, are one of the adventurous few looking to try boozy, sour, or complex flavors, or just looking to enjoy classic styles and seasonal favorites, they'll have a little something for you. Idiom Brewing Company is located in downtown Frederick, just south of the intersection of East Street and East Patrick Street, with ample seating directly on Carroll Creek. Okay, so you delivered flights to places um, that... I don't think, see, I mean, I think we could all agree a brewery would never do that. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> so at least there we, we can agree on that. That would be a bad idea for a brewery to do to send four ounce samples to, <laughs> to someone's I'm gonna house. I'm going to try to hear me and see, if, see, see how many breweries <laughs> actually pissed off at me. <laughs> I mean, the really cool thing about this was kind of the approach that a lot of these folks were using too. I mean, the one that stands out to me was Robin Hill Vineyards was mm-hmm. taking like plastic, uh, like the, the little like ramekins that you would use maybe for jello shots or something. And they were yeah, sealing them and then they were putting them inside like a, uh, a half a dozen egg carton and delivering you this egg <laughs> carton. You opened it up. You had like the tasting card and all of the labeled wines inside of it. And it was just a cool little way to ensure that it was easy to deliver to somebody and that it kind of left an impression. Mm-hmm. See, like, like I said that like for me in my mind, it just makes 100% complete sense to do with wine. Um, yep. I am also not a wine drinker. Well, you we can start getting some deliveries of uh, of sample flights to the house. I know. Maybe. I feel like this is a challenge. This is like it's like game <laughs> on now. You know, game I've, on. <laughs> I I have had a wine or two that I enjoyed. Okay, Mad Dog doesn't count. It's not malt liquor. Doesn't count. Do they even make Mad Dog anymore? I, I don't I mean you can I don't know that was that was the the wine of my high school <laughs> 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 sitting out in the field you know <laughs> my wife's a wine drinker I don't well then maybe you should uh, think about getting one of these awesome Maryland wine explorer packages and you and Beth can enjoy them together I like She's, that segue Jim that was perfect that is a good segue she's not drinking yeah. right now though um but what is this uh, Maryland Wine Explorer package that you speak of? <laughs> now, that, that was the sharp segue, Chris. <laughs> I know Chris well enough that sometimes you just have to throw it out there for him to grab it and like, bring it all back. <laughs> that works out well. Um, so uh, the Maryland Wine Explorer is, uh, is the individual. 
the Explorer is the wine consumer in Maryland, and we're trying to find ways to engage with them. And Jana mentioned earlier the stay home and wind down thing we did over the summer of 2020. Mm -hmm. And that was the first Maryland Wine Explorer uh, engagement that kind of stood as its own brand. The name uh, originated with the Maryland Wine Explorer tent that has been featured at the Maryland Wine Festival. It was a place where uh, a more curated selection of wines from the Maryland Wineries Association members were hosted. Uh, because festivals are the way that they are, not everybody can attend them in terms of our, our membership uh, due to, you know, staffing issues, availability of wine, things like that. So what we have done is develop this location where folks who want to taste things that aren't featured in the festival at large uh, can pay a little bit higher ticket price taste some curated wines, talk to um, some different representatives of the wine industry, not always somebody from a winery, but maybe people who work in wine buying or wine sales, um, and, and really get more of a one-on-one -on -one, uh, experience with a much wider variety of wines than they would see normally featured at the festival. So we thought that that enthusiasm that those uh, consumers have for learning more about wine and being passionate about it was something that we wanted to try to cultivate across Maryland's wine consumers at large. And I think that that was kind of the springboard for the, the development of the Maryland Wine Explorer program. Uh, as part of that, we have these awesome packages, and I'm going to let Jana talk about the packages. So we, we uh, came up with a couple different packages. We've got a, a white wine package, and these are three packs, um, so three bottles of white wine, uh, a red pack, three bottles of red wine. And then we've got um, a themed pack or themed packs each um, quarter. So it's a, um, the, you can either buy into the club. So you're signing up for a quarterly allocation of wine, or you can just purchase the wine a la carte. You don't need to sign up for the club. The benefit of signing up for the club is you get a discount on the wines. Plus you also get a discount on any wines that you just choose to buy a la carte. So if you subscribe to the white wine pack, and a themed pack comes up and you're like, hey, that looks really interesting. You get a discount on that for being a club member. And then hopefully when we have events again, we'll have some events that are going to be um, for club members only. So that may be early admission. It may be special tastings or special you know, seminars for club members. Um, and um, so the white and the red packs stay the same, you know, they're offered each quarter and then the themed packs change. So um, this quarter's theme pack is called the Maryland Heritage Pack, um, sort of celebrating the, the long history of Maryland wine. Um, and also we're heading into uh, Maryland Wine Month in March. So we kind of wanted to develop a pack that um, really gave people the opportunity to taste some of the grape varietals that kind of uh, got Maryland started as an industry uh, and take us into the 21st century. So that's a, that's a cool pack. This, they're all cool packs. What am I saying? Who, um, who curates them? So there's a, a committee a small committee of us that, um, that gets the wines and then we taste through them and uh, we, you know, uh, take notes, you know, write tasting notes and we discuss them. And then we um, just figure out, you know, do, does it sort of fit thematically with our pack? And, and what I mean about that is in each pack, we try to highlight, you know, for example, a heritage winery, one of our long established wineries in the state. 
We also try to feature a new winery. And then we try to have a, a diversity of great offerings um, in the pack. Um, and so that's what that conversation is and, and what wines might complement each other within the pack. So we're kind of weighing a bunch of different things, um, you know, is are, are the reds, you know, kind of a nice offerings of, for example, now fuller bodied red wines, because it's kind of cold outside and you want, you know, a nice full bodied wine that you can have with some, you know, heavier foods and also just sit in front of your fireplace um, and, and drink and enjoy too. So we're kind of weighing all of those different things when we put the packs together. Is, is um, seasonality of drinking a big thing in the wine world? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's always that just drink what you enjoy. And if you yeah. enjoy a nice gigantic, big, bold red, you know, 365 days a year, go for it. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, they, there are wines can have different weight, sort of different levels of acidity, um, you know, be lighter bodied, fuller body. Yeah. So you can, you know, that can be the fun of, about wine is that you sort of have it be seasonal and pair it with those seasonal foods. But again, you know, if you just really like big, bold reds and you want to drink those year round, that's awesome too. Are, um, are all member wines rotated through there or is it up to the winery to specifically participate in this? So some wines will say, hey, we have this wine we'd love you to try. And, and we'll, um, you know, again, this committee, this group will taste it and we'll, you know, figure out, okay, does it work for this pack? You know, does it kind of, um, has it won an award? Is it um, really small, you know, interesting allotment? Um, and we'll determine whether we can include it in the pack. And some wines were like, hey, we can't put it in this pack, but let's slot it into, you know, another pack later in the year. So we're kind of always trying to think a little bit forward to uh, like, you know, again, maybe it, it didn't work in this pack that we curated, but we want to definitely use it down the line because it might fit in thematically with a theme we've got down the line or something that works, you know, calendar wise, like, you know, heading into Maryland wine month, as I'd mentioned, um, we had a Thanksgiving pack last quarter. So we wanted wines, you know, that very specifically paired well with kind of the myriad of flavors that you get at a Thanksgiving meal. So we were looking for some very specific kinds of wines for that pack. To, to the point of themes, the idea of the Explorer name isn't lost on how we approach building these packs out either, because we truly want people to open the pack up and be ready to taste a variety of different things that all may fall under the warm winter red wine pack. You know, we have this awesome barrel aged bourbon barrel aged Merlot in this red wine pack that is like out of this world, but it stands so far away from what the other red wines in the pack are that it's not as though anything's going to become, uh, it's not going to feel like you're, you're returning to any wine in the pack. They all stand on their own separately. And it's kind of like the tasting flights we were talking about earlier. You get this opportunity to taste each one of these things, learn about them. Uh, we, we send out tasting cards. So you're, you're getting a little bit of education about the wine itself the winery, maybe the winemaker, depending on the details that are on the card. Um, and using that, you kind of now have this little way to guide your journey through the wines that are in your box and you get to learn about what's going on. So I think that the really cool thing is you, you're taking something away that's more than just, Hey, I got these three bottles of wine. Now what do I do with them? Mm -hmm. And I think the, I mean, the other thing that we're trying to do 
is, you know, it's difficult for any wine lover to get all across the entire state of Maryland. So we are trying to have that regional representation too. And we are trying to, you know, create this opportunity where we're getting you familiar with these wineries. And then we hope you go out and visit these wineries in a way that, you know, feels safe and comfortable for you. So if that's just maybe ordering wine from them and having it shipped to your house, that's fantastic. If you're able and comfortable to go out and actually visit them, that's, you know, even better because you, you'll really get to see what their property looks like, you know, and just get to see all of the sort of the love and passion that these people put into their wines. I guess that that's one of the beauties of wineries during now, at least, is that they tend to have much more property and can safely have more people come to the winery. Yeah. That, that was a big consideration during a lot of the uh, understanding and interpretation of what the guidelines were in, in jurisdictions throughout the state. You know, what are the limits on outdoor capacity? I have, you know, 75 acres on my property. Where can I put people? I mean, we, we were hearing a lot of that because they were all coming up with very creative ways to host everyone. Um, we've heard of places like Big Cork that went out and set up like 10 foot circles all over the property. So they knew exactly <laughs> where people could be. Um, and they had those demonstrated and were able to say, look, this is a safe space for you. We had places like Red Heifer get these cool geodesic domes that people could sit in throughout the winter uh, mm -hmm. and stay, you know, temperate, but be still outdoors and, and have the ability to feel um, as though they were only going to be interacting with the folks that they came with. So utilizing that space in different creative ways, I think, made for a much more flexible uh, adopting of some of these uh restrictions so tell everyone one more time where they can go to sign up for these packs for individual or for the or the joining and all those details so they can go to marylandwine.com and they're at the top of the site they can just click on explorer and it'll tell you all about the program you can either again sign up as a club member so you're committing to a quarterly allocation or you can just shop a la carte um, and there's also a bunch of frequently asked questions too in case you kind of want to want to understand how the program works and um, we also have gift cards too so if you maybe want uh, to share your love of Maryland wine with a friend or family member but you're a little bit nervous about picking a pack for them we've got these gift cards uh, available too um, and then the quarterly allocation they'll be going out the week of the 22nd um, and then um, we do kind of take take the store down and we will um, select new wines and then we will relaunch the store again in probably two months <laughs> um, and it'll be open and up for people to again purchase or sign up for the club um, and then we'll ship wines out again you know in a couple of months where do the quarters fall? Is it like the like a normal year or is it is quarter loose? Like <laughs> with Janet at the helm, we're gonna keep these quarters pretty darn tight. Okay. <laughs> so like does it start like January, February, March, first quarter and then it, essentially. It, it yeah, it doesn't right now because we really wanted to get wines out in November before Thanksgiving. So we felt really strongly okay. about wanting to kick off the program right before Thanksgiving when um, you know, we could put these great packs together that would pair well with food. So now this pack is gonna go out in February, which means the next one's May. 
then August, and then again in November. So I guess okay. we're always trying to make sure we get the wines out right before Thanksgiving each year. Okay. Yeah, towards each year. Well, and the timing works out great for getting wine into the hands of folks to celebrate Maryland Wine Month this year. So I think that the the schedule that we've chosen, I think, really would shifts closer to be in line with every holiday, kind of. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we've got the Memorial Day stuff yeah. coming up in the, in the May time frame. So, you know, good good wines for hot dogs and hamburgers. I'm sure right. we can find some. Let's take uh, one more. Was Is there anything more about the program or the packs that you want to cover before we take a quick break? I, feel like uh, we got... I think when we come back from the break, we might be able to talk a little bit more in depth about the, the packs we're offering this time. Okay. And, and I want to, we'll do that. I want to talk about a little bit about trends in wine. Um, and then I want to ask you about one of your members that I just noticed while I was perusing your site. Uh-oh. So, okay. no, I, I think it'll be good. Um, <laughs> but we will be right back. There are many reasons why I have chosen District East for where I purchase beer. I love the flexibility of being able to make a custom six-pack or take home a crowler from one of the eight beers on tap. Their friendly and knowledgeable staff do an amazing job at keeping a diverse selection on hand. You can even purchase artwork from the monthly featured artist. District East is located on Northeast Street in Frederick in the same shopping center as Family Mill and Rockwell Brewery. You can find today's beer lists on the District East Facebook page or at www.districteast.beer To all you craft breweries, wineries, and distilleries out there, listen up. Atlantic Custom Solutions is the real deal in providing you branded growlers, ceramics, glassware, and accessories like koozies, coasters, and keychains. Their high-definition digital printing, organic ink, and low-fire process ensures your brand is printed in ultra-high definition, giving you a one-up on the competition. We've used Atlantic Custom Solutions for uncapped branded glassware and couldn't be happier with it. Check them out. Visit www.brandmybeverage.com or give them a call at 434-286-4500 to learn more about how they can help you brand your business. Uncapped is brought to you with support from McClintock Distilling, Maryland's first and only organic certified distillery. They are well known for their award-winning gin and are rapidly growing a name for themselves for their matchstick bourbon and bootjack rye whiskey that have both won double gold at international spirits competitions. You can visit them in historic downtown Frederick along Carroll Creek for tours and tastings. Go to mcclintockdistilling.com for more information. Before we jump back into the packs, let's talk about what I want to talk about first. Um, Tell me about wine cream. Wine cream is an ice cream and wine product that is uh, served and prepared with a bunch of really, really cold compressed liquid nitrogen. And uh, it's apparently a very delicious and satisfying product for very hot days. You haven't had a chance to try it yet? Uh, I will not confirm or deny that I have had several wine cream experiences at the Wine Festival. (laughs) It's wonderful stuff. It's really cool. Um, it's along the line, you know, you mentioned maybe talking about some trends. It's kind of along the lines of the, uh, like the boozy milkshakes and, and, uh, fortified ice cream products that you might find at some, uh, local retailers. How new is this? Uh, they've been oh. around for several years. Yeah. I'm just now seeing it. 
I, I do want to. Tr- I know. I want to try that. I feel like I feel like this would be a way for me to tiptoe into wine, like the perfect, <laughs> the perfect bridge. Yeah. yeah, a bunch of dairy and sugar with some wine sprinkled in it. <laughs> there you go. Although it says it's still ten percent ice cream, so because it's still powerful. The pictures I really want. Where is that available? Is it only available at the at their? I think that they did package for a little while, and I feel like I recalled seeing it the first time, uh, maybe at Mount Airy Liquors. Okay, that's not that far from me. No, I would double check, but I think that was the first place I ever saw it. I need to try that. All right. Um, See, really- it didn't take long. We got Chris into wine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it took uh, thirty-four minutes. <laughs> the one, the one funny thing about the wine cream is we got it. Last time when we had festivals, like, I don't know if it was Jim, it was you or Abby got a container of it. And when it comes out, it's like, it's really, it's hard as a rock and then it softens up. But we were all standing there at the wine festival, stabbing it away with our <laughs> spoons, waiting for it to <laughs> warm up so we could eat it. It was a sign of desperation. It's also a tough thing because on some of those days when it's, you know, so hot outside and they have that liquid nitrogen container as it's cracking off freezing the ice cream because they're making it like mm-hmm. on demand basically um that thing can overcool and then they can't serve anything so they've had a couple of times trying to get that thing dialed in out on a really hot day where it just hey we can't make anything happen with this which is kind of tough so definitely if you can uh find it pre-packaged or find it somewhere where the temperature is a little bit better than 100 degrees outside <laughs> Although it's probably really satisfying at 100 degrees. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it looks, the pictures look really cool. I definitely have to try some of that. Maybe you should have an episode of Uncapped Podcast where you uh, taste wine cream for the first time. Maybe I will. I have to wait till it's safe to be in person because I don't want to do that one virtually. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I need it here in front of me. <laughs> Can you tell me how that tastes? (laughs) All right. Um, Back to the Explorer packs. Let me load that screen again. So we talked about the Meriden Heritage pack. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you have the red wine and the white wines. I assume it's the same, same process as coming up with the Heritage pack. You taste a bunch. That must be horrible for you. Yeah, I think our, our last thing we had like twenty six bottles or something. That must that be we sampled through and all and, and knowing that we were gonna fill nine spots. So it's kinda like a, it's like trying to pick your favorite pet or your favorite child. It's one of those deals where <laughs> you know that they all bring a lot to the table and you wanna be able to show the spotlight on all of them at once. But like Jana said, we are very capable of finding where they're gonna fit together to complement each other in the packs well and also kind of having a little bit of foresight to think, hey, in May, that wine will be an excellent addition to the pack that we plan to put out. We we were at, my wife and I were at a restaurant when they were doing a wine tasting with a distributor. I think they had dozens and dozens of bottles um, that they had opened and only drank a little bit of. So they gave my wife like two cases to take home with her. Then I think like two weeks later we found out um, we were having our second kid, so she didn't really get to enjoy them. Oh, <laughs> down the drain, all getting dumped. Oh, sad. 
so so do you sit around where like with pictures of the wine and like with lists of their attributes and argue about who should be added in I, I don't know that argue would be the right word it's definitely we, we talk through it it's definitely collaborative and then there there's some wines where you know the response is almost in, instantaneous just like oh yeah that one's going in you know take the thing and then there's you know some where you know we kind of will go back and forth like well what this what would this pair well with you know how does it fit in this particular pack you know um, like the Maryland Heritage Pack, we were looking for very specific grapes that kind of had been some other grapes that helped establish the industry. So, you know, that was, okay, we're looking very specifically to try Save All Blanc, Vidal Blanc, Chamber Sand, which are, you know, three of the grapes that kind of helped get the industry propelling forward. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we haven't had, there's nobody's, nobody's thrown bottles or glasses and nobody's stomped, <laughs> you know, you know, nobody. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're only she on the second uh, iteration of this thing. Let's see what happens in the future. She haven't invited me yet. That's why. I do think I that this rowdy. is a pretty cool experience. The experience of kind of uh, sampling through what's what's uh, being considered for inclusion, because a lot of it is very. Uh, we're all very open, so we're all talking a lot about what's going on as we're tasting it. We're sharing all of our thoughts about it. Um, and what's cool is you really get an idea of what perspective is coming into each person's approach. I tend to very quickly jump to the idea of what food do I want to eat with this wine right now? Um, and I, I love cooking. I love eating. So having really great wine with really great flavor makes me want to think about how I can enjoy it with food. And uh, I think that almost every time it's co it's coming to the point where I'm tasting a wine, I'm already thinking about what do I want to eat? And I think I'm, I'm rapidly blurting out names of dishes and proteins and all kinds of stuff when we're doing these tastings. So how, yeah. uh, how do you come up with the pool of wines that you then whittle down from? Do you put a call out to members to submit ones or do you just think like these, these wines might fit in and you just get them and then whittle down? Um, I mean, it's, it's kind of a variety of methods. I mean, there are, there are some wines that we know have won awards in the past. And so, um, you know, we may want to try that wine if we haven't tried it in a while um, and see if we, you know, can include it in the pack. Sometimes it might be something that's an, a little bit of an unusual blend. Like one of our wines in the Heritage Pack is a Vidal Blanc Chardonnay blend. So we thought, oh, that just sounds really interesting. Let's give that one a try. And it turned out to work really beautifully for the pack. Um, some of them are, you know, wineries that we may not be as familiar with. They may be newer. And so we'll ask to try their wines or wineries that um, you know, we, none of us have been able to visit for a while. And so we'll ask to try their wines and see, you know, if it fits well in the pack. Um, so, again, the Governor's Cup competition that we just had last weekend uh, last Friday, that'll be a nice way for us to select some of the wines because we'll we'll know how much is commercially available and we can approach the winery and say, hey, we'd really like to include it in this pack. It, you know, is that possible? Um, and then they'll let us know, yeah, it is. Or no, we've pretty much allocated all of that to our wine club members and our, you know, our tasting room. And um, so it is a little bit of a kind of a dance that we're always doing to sort of just try to figure out this kind of nice, perfect balance of, of offerings. To Jenna's point about uh, 
which wineries end up in the pool for consideration. Uh, in the red pack this year, we have this uh, red blend from Cabin Vineyards. And the most interesting thing about this wine, aside from how incredibly tasty it is, is that the wine cannot be purchased anywhere. The owner of the winery is not selling the wine publicly. He's making these wines. They're excellent. They're putting them into competitions. They're scoring well, but they're not being sold anywhere. And we... That's a weird business model. Please, 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 please (laughs) let us include this wine because it's the perfect addition to what we're trying to do. And it's a great showcase of what we're doing. So um, the, the... Pool is is kind of like Jana said, coming from everywhere. We have people that are excited to bring a wine and say, "Hey, would you can you know find a place for this in the wine explorer packets uh, uh, packs?" Or we're uh, soliciting members to include wines that we think would showcase really well. Uh, and the beauty is, once they kind of get the ball rolling, it's like, "Oh, well, you like this one? Why don't you think about including this one or this one or this one?" And it really broadens our ability to uh, narrow down really great wines. And our goal is to highlight as many of our wineries as, as we can. Um, so, you know, our, we, we're not going to be repeating one winery to the next, you know, each quarter. We're really trying to kind of, you know, like I said, highlight sort of the geographical differences, um, um, some of our newer wineries, some of our well-established wineries, and just really, you know, again, kind of create this cool exploring, exploring opportunity. So why doesn't he sell his wine? <laughs> it was very good wine too. Billy loves wine and making wine. Huh? Okay. Chris is now intrigued. Remember back That's... when uh, home when home brewing was like the thing that people did before they decided they were going to be pro brewers. They were all making their own beer just to enjoy and have it themselves and. You know, it was a fun hobby and something to do. And if that's what the the owner of this vineyard is doing, more power to him because he's going to be pretty happy with what he's he's able to drink for himself for a while. Yeah. Interesting business model. <laughs> um. So when when do you have your next uh, meeting to decide the next pack? Um. Probably be first thing in April or very late March. Yeah. Yep. So it takes a little while to taste through the wines, put them together in the packs, you know, get everybody, you know, to, to agree, like, yeah, we're, we're willing to be part of it. And then Jim and I pull, you know, pull all the information together and put it on the website and, and kick it off and launch it. So. Sounds like Chris wants to be a celebrity taster. I know. I think I. I think I was getting that. Yeah. I would be useless. (laughs) But you know what? Slightly less than useless, probably. (laughs) You have a palate. You have a nose. You you can offer your input. (laughs) You know, we're not the Uh, the point of the tax isn't for the consumer to get them and have to be all like, ooh la la, I'm getting violet, (laughs) you know, uh, mulberries and all. It's just just to have wines that are well made and delicious to drink. And, uh, you know, they, they, if you like wine, that's all that, that's all that you need to, that's all you need to join. You know, you like wine. So when, when you build the, curate the pack and so they're available for those three months are like wine releases at all analogous to beer where like 
towards the end of like you wouldn't be able to get that wine at all or is there usually enough of each type of wine that it's available for a while um or does no, it I mean, completely it, depend on- i mean they, it, it depends but yeah you can absolutely run out of a particular vintage of a wine so something that maybe was in our november pack you know the, a winery might not even have that available anymore um, okay and yeah and you're rolling into the next vintage and you know vintages can change so much from year to year. So something that was harvested in 2017 made was was very very different from something that was harvested in 2018. So that's kind of the fun of it too. Is there is that year to year, you know, variability of what that wine, it may be a cabernet franc for example, but it could taste very different from one vintage to the next. Um, do you know what the next specialty pack is going to be? to replace the heritage um i don't think we've decided yet i think we had a couple of concepts up in the air but i don't know that we have anything finalized it may be something highlighting some of the governor's cup lines okay um, and to, to the point about um availability and uh allotment and allocations of wines and all that kind of stuff one of the things that we're going to be running as part of the Maryland Wine Explorer program are flash sales mm-hmm. that would feature wines that maybe a winery doesn't have much inventory left, but they're finding a, a fun way to allow it to get a little bit more amplification into the market or into the consumer uh, uh, thought process. Um, we're looking for ways to help members get more of their wine in front of everybody. So if you're running low on, you know, this year's cab sob and you want to get rid of it and you want to have a really great way to like showcase it and say, Hey, Bon Voyage, we have a great new vintage coming in. Let's see the last of that little amount that we had left go uh, in a unique way. We're going to be offering things like that on flash sale. Um, So that's pretty exciting too, is that if you're a member of the Maryland wine explorer program, you may get an email that says, hey, tomorrow, deeply discounted bottles of this really cool wine are going to be available. Make sure you get them. Do you have any other um, virtual events planned for this year? The only virtual event that we currently have planned is going to be the kickoff of our uh, Maryland Wine Month um, celebration. We'll gather some folks from the board. We'll do a little bit of a toast and hopefully talk about the great things the industry has been uh doing to keep afloat over the last year. Um, In terms of what our virtual event calendar looks like, we're still trying to figure that out. We're in a sticky place right now where we feel like there's the opportunity for virtual, but we can see just on the horizon the opportunity for in-person events. And uh, Abby, our events director, is working really hard to make sure that we have uh, a great successful entree back into the world of live (laughs) events instead of having to do everything on the computer. Uh, We're getting some feedback, even through our Wine Wednesdays, that people like short snippets of engagements uh, and that they're getting a little fatigued from the longer things. So uh, we are trying to keep up with a weekly um, or as close to weekly as we can get during session uh, uh, engagement on the Internet through both Facebook and YouTube, uh, allowing people to learn more about our industry and kind of hear from it from the mouth of our director, uh, Kevin Addicts. He hosts those and brings great wineries in and chats with them about their businesses. 
Um, back to the world of beer real quick. Are there, are you planning on having any virtual beer festivals this year or is it the same story where it's kind of hoping to hold on and that we'll be able to do something in person towards the middle to end of the year? I think it's the same story. We're trying to find effective ways to get people to support the industries. And as much as our associations live off of the revenue from events, it's more important, I think, for consumers to be spending their money at our members' locations than spending money to watch us on the internet. Probably a really good point. (laughs) Although, events again, as much as I think, uh, Consumers want us to do events. (laughs) Um, And that's one thing about this Maryland Wine Explorer program that we didn't really touch on. I mean, we touched on it a little bit at the beginning that this was developed as a way to generate some some revenue for the association. But this is a true fundraiser for this association. In lieu of paying $35 to $75 a ticket to come to one of our festivals where we make a portion of those proceeds, um, Buying into one of these wine packs gives us the opportunity to raise a little bit of money for the association, pass the money on to our um, members through the the basically the, the brokerage of the wine for them. And it becomes something where you can feel good about paying for the three pack that you just paid for because you paid for uh, wages and rent and upkeep and maintenance for those three wineries that are featured in the pack. Plus, you were able to... Uh, pay a little bit of money to the association to keep us doing the work that we do mm-hmm. advocating and promoting the industries across the state. And then hopefully you're falling in love with these different wineries and ending up visiting them or ordering from them too. So yeah, that pull through idea is the, the big part to this. Especially like in Frederick, if you're being exposed to a winery, <clears throat> I don't know where the wineries in Maryland are, but I imagine there are ones that are far away from Frederick. <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> that gives you the opportunity to try wine from there that may not be like distributed through stores that now you're aware of and then you make a make a special trip out to that winery to Chris you're spoiled by all of the density in Frederick County. Yeah. I mean really there's there's hardly ever a reason to leave Frederick County. There are a lot of wineries in Frederick County, yes. But I'd say about eighty-five percent of the industry, though, is not in Frederick County. <laughs> yeah, but that that fifteen percent we have is really good. That's true for all of the fun juice. That's true. Does an alarm go off like if you cross over into Washington County or Carroll County or something like that? You know, like your car just stops at the county line. My just tracking bracelet goes right, off. Like a shopping cart, it just doesn't go. <laughs> yeah. Locks up. <laughs> boot locks down on the wheels. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, I could be happy just staying within the city limits. I don't even have to quantify out further to Frederick County. <laughs> We're spoiled here. <laughs> yeah, that is definitely true. Um, I'm assuming absolutely no help hope of the Frederick Craft Beer Festival this year. It uh, doesn't doesn't seem like it's totally off the table yet but we're not we're not getting a ton of indication that it's gonna it's gonna be something that we can plan readily for yeah that that's right around the corner in in terms of planning it's it's a day away you know if if we were going to do it i think that we would have to have everything pretty much ready to rock and roll right now and and when i say we would have to have everything i don't mean internally i mean we would need 
the county to be on board yeah. in time, the city to be on board in time. We would have had to uh, ensure that everybody's comfortable with what's happening. And I think that there's just, it, it seems that there's still just a little bit too much up in the air to make everybody, all the stakeholders comfortable in hosting an event that big. Yeah. Well, you have one minute until you have to leave. So I feel like we timed this perfectly. Can I go ahead and uh, throw in the, the plugs for where people can find this? You absolutely can. Thanks. Uh, if you'd like to learn more about the Maryland Wine Explorer program and all the hard work that Jan has been doing to make this storefront work beautifully and uh, have great descriptions, and if you'd like to taste any of these great wines, please visit MarylandWine.com slash Explorer, or when you get to MarylandWine.com, just click on the Explorer logo at the top. It'll take you right to our page. You can browse the three packs that we have available uh, this quarter. And you may also select some options at the bottom to subscribe. If you subscribe, you save some money on your wine pack allocations and you get flat rate shipping on all of your future purchases with us. So that's what we've got for you. We hope that you uh, enjoy and check us out at MarylandWine.com. It is a very nice website. Very, very well designed. You can find the wine cream within five minutes of just browsing around. <laughs> you can also check out all the other wineries on the <laughs> wine cream or in addition to wine cream. <laughs> uh, but it's chock full of information. I don't, I don't think there's any question you would develop while looking at it and the answer isn't going to be right there. Yeah, great map. The map that we've uh, added over the last year is much more intuitive than they have been in the past. Uh, it's got a little less clutter. It allows you to focus in on areas and see who's represented in those close spaces, especially places like Frederick or uh, or Baltimore, Baltimore County, where we have several people who are kind of in close proximity to each other. Well, thank you too so much. Uh, thank you for your time, uh, for opening my world up to the idea of wine a little bit more uh make me aware of a thing called wine cream i will definitely invest <laughs> on your own inv well i i would not have been surfing around on the maryland wine website most likely if i hadn't been talking to you about maryland wine so it was <laughs> it was a direct result of this occasion um, well thanks for giving us the opportunity to come and talk about this program it's really exciting for us and uh we think that this is kind of a, a real opportunity for maryland wine consumers to uh explore more of the state's wine heritage and and future by just uh clicking a few buttons and and waiting for a great package to show up i know when my wife goes back to drinking i will uh i will definitely get her some i think oh, she well, would enjoy it good good and for anybody who's wondering these do uh the sales on this do stop on the 19th so if you're looking for a valentine's day present get your loved one a subscription get them a wine pack and uh just let them know that they'll have to wait a couple of days but you've got something exciting coming to them good deal uh, thank you too so much and uh thank you everyone for watching and listening cheers Thanks, Chris. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook, and if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening. Oh my God, that's good.